Welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington, you guys. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope everybody's doing okay. I'm going to see as soon as somebody gets on if we can do some mic checks and see if um, the sound is working properly. Hey to B. Ferrara over here on Instagram and hey to Greg McDonald over here on YouTube. Can you do a mic check and, and let me know if the sound is okay? Hey to Regina Burris on Instagram. Good to see you this evening. Thanks for joining me on a Monday night. I guess Facebook Facebook is usually the first people on here, but they're kind of slow tonight. Howdy to you guys. Hey to Kristen on uh, Instagram. Good to see you too. This is a real interesting topic that we've got tonight, but... Before we get started with that, we know what time it is, don't we? It is this time of night. It's what's for dinner, David. <laughs> what's for dinner, indeed. Indeed. So tonight we're going to have another total experimentation night with what we had left in the fridge. Ooh, that sounds dangerous. I got a roll of sausage out, and I've added baharat spices to it. We're going to fry that up like a kofta, and have a little yogurt garlic dip with that. And there was some asparagus that I salvaged uh, from in there and uh, zucchinis and I'm going to saute that up and add a little uh, peanut based fish sauce fennel, ground fennel. Now this was from the Flavor Matrix. This is all supposed to go together mm -hmm. and uh, we'll, see. we'll see how it turns out. We'll see. <laughs> so have a good night and enjoy I, the show. I, I have to show everybody this. Oh no, I, saw I this. I saw this on Amazon and I made David get it. And it is the emergency goat screamer. It bleeds, has little baby goats, and then it has a herd of goats. <laughs> She's giving away all the secrets. I can't yeah. help it. I do that. Hey to Joe Bruce over on Facebook. Can you do a mic check and Joe to see if Maybe it's because the lavalier is down in my top. Maybe that's why it's a little choppy. Oh, Danielle, you have a goat screamer, too. That is so funny. I thought I was the only freak who ever found that. 
gosh. Um, okay, Greg, let me know if the audio is better on Facebook than YouTube. Because that's something I definitely need to know. Um, I'm using the same mic that I did last week. And hopefully, you know, you know, technical problems are always a plague. But uh, hopefully that will straighten out. I don't have very many people... Let me check my Facebook feed and make sure that things are looking like they should over there. You just never know about these things, do you? And, yeah, the, the feed is a little bit off tonight, looks like. Huh. Well, maybe it's the Internet. I betcha. Um, I will have to do... Let's see... I can't do that. Oh, well, I was going to just uh, speed test, but I will lose everybody on Instagram if I do that, so I'm just not going to do it. Hey to KYGS Rider over here on Instagram. Good to see you. And let's see. Greg says it seems to be a little bit better on Facebook. Oh, well, that's weird, but okay. Maybe it has something to do with the streaming software. Or the internet, I will definitely have to check after the show and see what what the frame rates and all that kind of stuff, all those technical things. So tonight, the topic of the show is empathic support. Where does it go wrong? And, and I'm sure that you guys have had, like, somebody that you've tried to help, and it just seems like no matter what you do, you're the one that's always gotten caught in the wrong, like you're the one that's blamed for everything, even though you're trying your best to help the person out, and maybe you've done several things to help them out, but they're, you know, they've not recognized it, and they've just kind of expected it, and how does this go wrong? Like, what happens in this scenario? Hey to Lindsay Baker over here on Instagram. Good to see you tonight. And we never have any problems on Instagram because there's no technical features here. Like I can't play an intro on Instagram and I can't, uh, <laughs> you know, all you guys see is me talking. But at least we're not on, we're, we're face on the last few shows instead of to the side. Um, hey to Sandra Pelfrey over on Facebook. So Empathic. Support. So, and let's just kind of gloss over why empaths are good at helping people. The empath is a natural problem solver, okay? Their thought process is different because they, when they're listening uh, to what you're saying, they're already formulating solutions in the mind for possible options for you. They are, uh, empaths are good at perceptual insight with regard to other people not necessarily themselves in other words they can see all kinds of insight for other people but they can't see insight in their own life uh, they use their clairsentience to formulate what would be best for the other person's situation it's a mind process that um, kind of begins with evaluation of sensory and sensory input and what they do is they automatically start 
formulating ideas and solutions. It's just a natural way that the empath pulls in information and analyzes this. It's sort of a learned process that the empath uses as a survival technique. Okay, so early in life, they're using this as a survival technique. Hey to Tiana Tells over on YouTube. Good to see you. Um, and they're acclimating, they're using this technique to acclimate to their surroundings. So in using it as a survival technique, when they're receiving input and when they are gathering data from the surrounding environment, they're already kind of calculating risks and options. And so that's why when you're talking to an empath, they may be already, especially if it's something about a problem in your life or concern, they're already formulating all of those answers in their mind. Hey to Yasmin and Sheila, good to see you tonight. So Greg says, I'm an empathic personality, but I seem to get myself into trouble helping others. Well, this is a show definitely for you, Greg. So now, here's some other stuff about empaths. The empath is an excellent fixer, teacher, assistant, and helper. So anybody who needs that type of help, the empathic person is the one for you. Often, um, if our, as an empath, often if our associations take our advice, things usually turn out extremely well for them. So we give lots of good advice. We are very good teachers. And if people will just listen and follow what we tell them, they come out on top, they succeed. So we're really good at seeing what needs to be done and letting people know what steps they need to take to get where they need to be. Hi to Ina, and she says, okay, you're breaking up some tonight, but I can still understand you. I'm thinking it's probably the internet tonight. Um, and I usually do a speed check before every show, but I got in a hurry and I didn't do one tonight. So. I betcha it's internet connection. Um, how do things go wrong for the empath? Because, you know, if people take our advice, they do come out on top. Now, there are, now here's going back to the empath. Due to issues with control or fear that somebody won't do it right, like we're telling them what to do, but uh, sometimes the empath has fear that they won't do it right and then they won't succeed the empath gets impatient and they step in and take over and make the changes for the person um, that are they're trying to assist in other words they do everything for them that's one of the things that starts going down the path of of the wrong way okay um, how things kind of turn out wrong so let's take a look at how these things turn wrong Empaths can tend to lead uh, or tend to create and lead people into dependency in a state of usury. And it's not the empath that's using them. It creates a state of dependency to where the person is using the empath. Okay, this is where the person being helped allows the empath to take over maximum helper role. Um, and they learn how to manipulate the empath into a one-sided relationship. And this is something that is really prevalent in empathic relationships. 
So Danielle says, you just described me. I found myself avoiding people to avoid trouble. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to give a couple of solutions on here. But um, so the person being helped learns how to manipulate the people that are helping them. And in particular, the empath, because they will play on the empath's emotions to gain support or to gain control over the empath. Hey to Angela Shields, my beautiful neighbor. Good to see you tonight. Um, so let me go back to, to where we are on the empathic usury. That's kind of what we're going over. So the person using the empath uh, learns how to manipulate it into a one-sided relationship. And this can be seen as the relationship where we have one person who's always the giver and the other person who is always the receiver. And so it is a very one-sided relationship. In order for a bad situation not to occur, the empath will always jump in and take over to prevent problems from happening or to prevent someone from getting upset and yelling or having a tantrum. The empath will preemptively go out of their way and do everything they can to prevent that situation from occurring because as an empath we function off of feelings and emotions and really strong you know emotions of an argument or yelling or screaming is very abhorrent to an empath and will do a lot of things to try to avoid that particular situation but you know usually in these empathic relationships it's always the empath that's the giver and it's always the other person that's the receiver and the manipulator. And the, the person who's receiving and manipulating usually can figure out pretty quick that the empath will do whatever it takes to avoid an argument. And they'll sort of use that as a diversionary tactic so that they don't have to give back or they don't have to change what they're doing. Interesting, huh? So, when an empath reaches a saturation point with always giving and never receiving, or they realize that they're in a state of usury, they may attempt to withdraw their support. Now, it can be very blatant, or usually with an empath, we try to do it gradually, or we avoid. Just like Danielle said, we avoid people to avoid trouble. So, but I think that this is one of the impasse karmic challenges is to appropriately learn to stand up for ourselves and communicate our needs and kind of stick by that. Uh, that's one of our karmic challenges in life is not to just go along and do everything but to say, wait a minute, this is not fair. This is not even, you're not, uh, you're trying to manipulate me. You know, calling attention to the truth of the situation. This is when it all goes wrong. <laughs> because as an empath, you're going to come under accusation from the other party for unrealistic complaints. Okay. And this can be due to the person never, the person has never faced their own problems that occur in their life path. Okay. So Tiana says, that's my challenge now, learning how to stand up for myself. It takes 
so much practice, trial and error. Yes, it does. Um, and part of it is just doing it. And a lot of people will say, Catherine, what do I say and how do I say it? Don't worry about what you have to say. Just tell the truth of the situation. That's all you need to do. And that takes away the stress of trying to say the right thing or say it correctly or say it. It's not going to matter because you will always be wrong in this situation. <laughs> okay? Just go ahead and accept it. You know, you're going to always be wrong because the other person is too used to never having to face their own problems. Okay? So, overhelping prevents the growth of the soul in the other person because they've never had to learn solutions. And the most important thing is they've never done self-reflection on the things that they're doing wrong. They never have the opportunity to say, oh, I may be at fault, or I may have done something wrong to cause this, or um, maybe I contributed in some way to this. So there's absolutely no self-reflection in these type of people that the empath overhelps. And they will also blame the empathic person due to lack this lack of self-analysis. Because they don't have self-analysis, they automatically look to the empath as a source of blame. Okay? So, years may be lost in this person's self-growth from not having to face and learn from their own mistakes. So, they're maturity is is way behind that of people around them that have done self-reflection and self-analysis and have taken responsibility for their actions. Now here's the things that empath can change uh, in the relationships that we govern throughout our life. Whenever beginning a relationship, whether it's a friendship or whether it's a partnership, you need to always require an equal exchange of energy. And a lot of times in friendships, we don't demand that there's an equal exchange of, of energy. But even in friendships, and maybe even more so in friendships than partnerships, it's so important to begin it that way. And that's another thing that empaths do wrong is when we get into a relationship where we want to please the other person and we're really good at that. We're really good at making other people happy and safe, feeling safe and secure. And so we go out of our way to do things that really please the other person and make them feel good. And in doing that, we may from the beginning establish a situation where the person realizes that they're the receiver and you're the giver. And again, we have this lopsided relationship. So, empaths have a difficult time scaling back, pulling back, and requiring the other person to give an, in an equal way back and forth between each person in the relationship. So, one thing you can do is, is in beginning the relationships, always require there's equal give and take an equal exchange of energy. So that's in the beginning because once you've established that you're the giver and they're the receiver, it's hard to go back once that precedent has been set. 
it can be done, but it takes a, a lot of effort, and the other person has to want to do it, which if they've been receiving all this time and suddenly you pull the rug out from under them, they're not likely to want to cooperate because it's like taking candy away from them. <laughs> okay, don't, here's another thing we need to do. Don't rush and always evaluate if you, if you should help or not, or if it will be, you know, taking away a life experience for that person. So you really have to analyze, should I help? If I do, am I taking away some learning lesson that this person needs to have? How do you tell? Okay, here's here's one way that you tell is if this is a situation that is a repeated event. In other words, this is a repeating pattern in the in the person's life. Don't help because what happens is when the person gets help and someone bails them out then they're free to do it again and again and again. That means that people are taking away that life lesson. They're not allowing the person to completely fail and go through the process of self-reflection and self-analysis and regrouping and changing the behavior. Okay. Also, here's another thing that we can do is, is do not allow transference of guilt to you for another person's lack of taking their own responsibility. And this is something that's really big these days. I don't I don't remember it being a big problem in the past because the truth was the truth was the truth, but nowadays gaslighting is such a problem that it's difficult to pin somebody down with the truth because they will go off the deep end with gaslighting. And they will be staunch and maintain that it's your fault, not theirs. It's, it's you know, their failures are your fault. And their failures are your fault because uh, maybe they feel like you're more privileged than they are when that's not the truth of the situation. But um, they will be gaslighting to try to force the blame on anyone but themselves because... They can't take responsibility for their own actions because they're like they lack self-awareness and they lack this self-analysis and self-reflection. And it just is what it is. Don't engage in these manipulations. And manipulations means um, they're either saying or doing something to cause you to react in a certain way. Maybe they uh, say something out of hurt. Can you give examples of gaslighting? Yes, I'll give you a perfect example of gaslighting. And I can't, I'm not going to do any names, but this situation happened to me where I helped someone out. I bought them certain things to advance their business. I did other things to help them out. And out of jealousy, they didn't want a certain person involved with the situation. Well, this person um, needs to be left out, right? Okay, they're not in, in my opinion, they're not in the situation. The situation is between me and the person I'm trying to help. But because I didn't 
forcefully get rid of that other person, the person I'm trying to help says to me, well, I'm not going to be involved with you anymore because you're letting that person in. Well, to me, that's a hurtful statement. I'm not going to have anything to do with you anymore because you are blah, blah, blah. That kind of statement to me is a statement that is meant to hurt somebody's feelings. Now, in the manipulator's point of view, which is the other person, what they wanted from me as an empath and a feeler is to come in and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I will definitely get rid of them. Please don't be upset. Okay, that's the empath reaction. That you can't do because you have to stand up for what's right. And I told them plain, what you said is was meant to hurt my feelings. This is just an emotional attack. I'm not having anything to do with that. And I'm not doing what you asked me to do. Well, they took that as an affront. And then they started, okay, Tiana, gaslighting, saying, oh, that's not what I meant. You're the one that took it wrong, okay? I didn't mean it like that. You're the one going off the deep end. See, this is gaslighting. Gaslighting, they're attracting attention away from the subject and putting it on something else. And also, gaslighting can be seen as, let's say somebody said something, and it was really awful. And like, like later on, you bring it up and you say, well, you said blah, blah, blah. And then gaslighting, uh, example, another example would be, if they are gaslighting, they would say, well, I never said that. You must have been imagining it. It's you that said that. That's gaslighting, and it's, it's done to confuse, to manipulate, and to detract attention from what really happened. If they, it's a lack of ownership. They're not responsible. They're not taking ownership for what they say and do. I hope that kind of gives you a good example of gaslighting and, and what it does. So you can't involve or get yourself into this manipulation. Um, it's, it, you just have to block that and disengage from it because these type of people, until they can fall completely and take responsibility for what they do and what they say it is always going to be gaslighting and it's always going to be your fault and they will never take uh, responsibility for anything so the best thing to do is just disengage let go of any emotional attachments that you have to it because as an empath, you're going to have emotional attachments because it's out of empathy and, a, and an honest connection that you tried to help in the first place, you know. And until that soul evolves to a certain point where they can accept that maybe their role in it needs some improvement and needs some reflection and needs some analysis and needs to change, Nothing in that resonant frequency of that soul is going to change. And, the, and then the other thing that empaths need to do, and it is the same as the person that we're trying to help, is we need to learn from our mistakes. 
So one of the things that I, and it's been a valuable lesson, is that um, if you're going to help somebody on more than one occasion, I, I guess it really evaluate whether that person is taking initiatives on their own or are they becoming dependent on you to do everything for them. Oh, Greg, I agree with you 100%. Gaslighting is horrible. It is... Ooh, it's something that has become really prevalent lately. And one of the things I think the reason why it's become prevalent is that um, there's no accountability for lying now. When I was young and when I grew up and uh, what I was taught is just to tell the truth, don't lie, and then, you know, when people were caught in a lie, it was like the worst thing. It was so, like, embarrassing to have that person uh, be called out for a lie, but nowadays, it's like no one really cares whether or not they lie to you, and it's like lie after lie after lie after lie is okay, and it's not, and, you know, we as empaths, I feel like we have to stand up and just say enough of the line, you know. We're not doing that. And if you want to do that, then I have nothing to do with you. I'm disengaging from you. Tiana says, gaslighting gets so confusing sometimes. That's the key to it, Tiana. And maybe I should do just a show on gaslighting. But... When you are having a conversation with somebody and trying to settle it from an honest, empathic point of view of helping and wanting to put things back together, if you're in the conversation and it becomes so confusing, you got to put your hands up and walk away because you're already in that gaslighting. You're already, you're already confused. You're already mixed around. So as soon as you start getting confused, by a lot of the stuff that they're throwing at you, you've already been gaslit. It's already done. <laughs> and you can tell because you're, it's like, what? There's no way. Like, what is this confusion? And that just really kind of gives it away. So Ina says, lying anymore is ridiculous. Thanks for saying what I've been thinking. Yes. And Tiana says, oh my God, yes, you should do a show on it. I will definitely learn to walk away. You have to. There's because for the the person who's gaslighting, this has become a coping mechanism that they're using to manipulate. And so as soon as you get into that and you're you're confused, you're already being manipulated. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Okay, remember that last, the last thing for the empath? What we need to do is learn from our mistakes. And it's hard, it's going to be hard to tell, like, I don't know a way to tell a gaslight person and manipulator right off the bat. And I, I hate that for you. And I wish I had a better response, but, um... You, you're never going to tell what a, how a person is going to react and if they're going to be a manipulator and a gaslighter 
or if they're not because you know the person always has the option to do better and to try better and to be better there's always that option there some people will rise to the occasion and other people's will fail but one of the things that you can do that kind of gives the person away is listen to how they're talking about their relationship watch their posts if their posts are always negative and if their posts are always blaming someone else for their problems well this person said this and this person said that and things are always so negative around them then that gives you an indicator that they're going to do that with you so that's sort of a red flag of a person to definitely stay away from especially if they talk about their relationships negative or or they're they're always having difficulty in communication in their relationships and if especially if they're always blaming somebody else for the problem and if they never take responsibility that's huge red flag to stay away from that person because impact.